Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video or online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Good morning, church, and welcome. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but we are pretty passionate about praise and worship here at Fellowship Church, amen? It says in his words that we are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, to enter his courts with praise. So that is our avenue to connect with the God of the universe. And I wanted to read this scripture. It comes out of Psalm 104. It says, may the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. Now let's read this together. Read it with me. I will sing to the Lord. What? As long as I live, I will sing praise to my God while I have being. So as we praise, as we worship, that's our connection. We get his attention, right? And when we get his attention, he touches our mountains and they move. He touches our situations and they move. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to praise. We're here to give him honor and glory. So here we go. Come on. Shout a praise.
How many of you know we serve a faithful God in this place? Yeah.
tough saying those words in the midst of a big trial, saying, God, you're never going to let me down, that he's still good. 
It can be hard to say that, but it's still true. And I think that we, we think about like, just, just take, take Jesus dying on the cross and then being raised to life. I mean, he died on a Friday and was raised on a Sunday, but not a lot of people talk about the Saturday. The time it's hard, the time it's tough, where you don't know if there's gonna be a resurrection. You don't know how it's gonna turn out. But if you still stay in that place and you have the faith to say, God, you are still good. I know you won't let me down. God will draw near to you. And I feel like there may be somebody here that is, is in your, your Sunday and, and you, you feel empowered and you feel loved and you feel in that, that place of, of resurrection and you have some joy and we wanna celebrate with you. And I know there's some people that are in the midst of that Friday and that deep sorrow. And there's people here on that Saturday too, where it's just, you don't know what's gonna happen. You're in this kind of a limbo sort of place. I wanna just pray over, no matter where you are, over that place. And together, let's declare that God is good and that He won't let us down. Because I feel like He's a special word for each and every one of you today. So please lift your hands up with me and pray, Jesus, Lord, we love you. We know, God, that, that you are above our circumstances, you are above our pain. And that in your midst, in your presence, there's, there isn't any pain, there isn't any sorrow. And so Father, I pray right now that we can feel your presence today. Jesus, Holy Spirit, fill us up. Let us feel and know, God, that you are good. Let us feel that peace that comes with, let us feel your joy even in the midst of a Saturday. God, let us feel even your joy right now. Father, we declare in the face of what the enemy is trying to make us feel, in the face of what pain is trying to make us feel, in the face of what depression is trying to make us feel, we declare that you are still good, God. You are better than our circumstances. You are better. God, we know the end of the story and the devil loses. And so Father, we declare that you will not let us down. We stand in that faith knowing, God, that you will draw near to us when we draw near to you and we are coming, Lord. We draw near to you. So Father, I pray you could just Give us your presence right now. Open our ears to hear the things that you want us to hear. Open our eyes to see the things you want us to see. God, because you're worth it. We love you. In your heavenly name, amen. All right, come on, give another shout of praise to God. He's good, he's still good, always, right? Well, if you're here with us in person, go ahead and say hello to somebody and then find your seat. For those of you online, thank you so much for tuning in with us. It is so awesome to see especially during the summer, where you guys are at. So give us um, some text in the stream. Let us know whether you're watching on our website, Facebook or YouTube. Get on there and tell us where you're watching from, from a campsite, extra credit for a picture. I just think that's really awesome if you're online and you send us a picture of the campsite or something that you're at this summer. There's so many different things going on here at uh, Fellowship and it's great to see you guys online with us. Now, whether you're online or in person, if you're new here at all, maybe you've been attending for a little while, haven't reached out yet to connect with anybody, I encourage you take out your cell phones and text the word fellowship to 94,000. And when you do that, you'll be able to get access to a whole bunch of different stuff. You get um, a link to all of our groups, all of our classes, all the different stuff going on, a bunch of online resources as well as an invite to our guest reception, which happens in person here. And so we have another one coming up in a couple weeks. So if you text 
fellowship to 94,000. You'll get in touch with some of our staff. We'll shoot you an invite there, but you also can find the invite on the events tab of your church center app. We're going to continue this worship of God with uh, our tithes and offerings. Now, there's a lot of different ways you can give here at Fellowship Church. Um, We have the offering boxes out in the lobby. You can also, if you're old school, do the check sort of thing. I actually wrote a check not too long ago, and it was was weird. It was nostalgic almost um, going back to that. Um, For many of us, we just give on the Church Center app. That's kind of the easiest way to do it. If you're at home, that's an easy way to go as well as our website. I was uh, reading Proverbs today, and uh, I'm on a chronological Bible plan uh, over a year, and I'm like three days behind. Don't tell anybody. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to be behind. Uh, Hopefully my job is still safe, but um, (laughs) I was reading in in Proverbs in chapter 20 and 28, something something stood out to me. It says this, Steadfast love and faithfulness preserve the king, and by steadfast love, his throne is upheld. And I thought that was interesting that, like, the king's throne is upheld through love. It's not through, like, judgment or condemnation or how, how hard or how strict he can rule. It's out of this love. And as we know that we're heirs to the kingdom, and so we can kind of know that like the, the, the kingship and royalty is something that we can kind of be in. And so knowing that love is what will establish our throne as well, loving others and loving God is a great way um, to make sure that, that we have and can stand in the authority that God has given us. And so loving God is a great way to to show that outwardly is to give, give to him. And he doesn't, he doesn't, I mean, his bank account is big, right? He doesn't need our money, but it's a way that we can love him back, not by holding on to ours. And so that's what jumped out to me in my um, time today. And so I just want to pray over you. If you are in need of a financial breakthrough of any kind, um, I want to be able to pray over you. Or if you know somebody, um, we can just join in prayer over that. And also bless these offerings that are coming in today. So please pray with me. Jesus, thank you so much, God. You're so good. And so, Father, I just pray that for every single person here that is in need of financial breakthrough, Lord, I pray that you can just pour it out upon them. If they're at home or if they're listening to this later, Jesus, I pray, um, Father, that you can bless any gift that's coming in. But if someone is in need, Lord, extend the life of their car or the life of their rental agreement or whatever that looks like. a raise or whatever it is. Lord, you know all the different details of every single person and every single family. And Father, I just pray you can just pour out your blessings and finances on them. Lord, we love you and we thank you for every good and perfect thing comes from you. And we are so grateful for that. Jesus, in your name, amen. All right, so I hope everybody's having a good summer. Uh, There's a lot of things happening here at Fellowship Church. Here's a few of them. Fellowship Church, if you have any young person in your life going into the grades of second through sixth grade, our Super Kids Conference is coming up July 18th through the 20th. We are so excited for what is going on, what we are planning for that event. It is going to be life-changing. It is going to be destiny-changing for these kids' lives. It's only $79. That cost covers lunches, snacks, all the activities, including swimming, get air, and many other fun things. This is going to be an amazing event. Now, it is a stay-at-home event, but it is so helpful if you will sign up your young person early and in advance to help us plan better for numbers as far as food and snacks and all of those things. So please, sign up on the Church Center app today. 
A great way to make a big church feel small is to get involved. We love how our middle school, high school teams, or our blue team, our kids church, our green team, our nursery red team, praise team, tech team, all feel like small little churches inside of this great big church. We love how they're so tight and connected. So if that's you and you want to get more involved, more connected, and start doing something for the kingdom of God, and you want more information, please head to the west end of the lobby after service. We love how we've been able to open our doors again here at Fellowship Church over the last year. Here is an amazing testimony from one of our church members about what that's meant to them. So what coming back to church has meant to me is fulfilling a need that I was missing. And the moment I stepped in the doors and that first worship service back, it was so amazing. I felt the Holy Spirit fill the room and filled me too. And it was just so awesome uh, worshiping with hundreds of other believers and experiencing Holy Spirit just fill us and and complete us. And so I would really encourage everyone to come back and find what you're missing. If you have a story to share about what it's meant for you to be back in person here at Fellowship Church, we would love to hear about it. You can do that in a few different ways. One, you can go on the Church Center app and hit share your story. You can also email us at info at fellowshipgj.com or you can just give us a call and share with us in person. We would love to hear about it. Once again, thank you so much for joining us here at Fellowship Church in person and online. Enjoy the rest of service. Well, good morning, Fellowship Church. I hope you are doing wonderful today. I'm excited about this word. I'm excited about this message. I believe that today, this, this word I wanna share with you, it can be a word that can affect and change your life uh, in so many ways. Uh, and I believe it's something that is very powerful uh, that we find scripture uh, to show us a principle of the power of perception. Someone say the power of perception. In fact, turn to the person next to you and help me preach. Tell them, say this, say, perception is everything. Perception is everything. I'm gonna explain to you what I mean, uh, but I, I wanna just go ahead and dive right into a passage found in Mark chapter six. If you're joining with us at home or listening at a later time, I believe that this word is gonna affect you in such a powerful way. The word of God never returns to him void. So when we read the word, we have to have a perceived notion that his word will change us. That this is not just me up here talking. No one really needs to know what Dan has to say, right? Um, but when we read the word of God, the perception of how we read it affects us in such a powerful way because it can change your life. And I know you're here because you want your life changed. Anyone here wants your life changed? It's God's word that does not return to him void. So let's look at this passage here. Mark chapter six says this. Jesus left there and went to his hometown. Somebody say hometown. He left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that's been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? You know, 
The, the brother of James and Joseph, Judas and Simon, aren't, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. He took offense at Jesus. And Jesus said this to them. He said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town among his own relatives in his own home. And then one of the most shocking verses I've read in scripture is found here in verse five. It says, he could not do, wait a minute. We're talking about the son of God. We're talking about the creator, the man who was the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The, the child of God, the only begotten son, the, the sacrifice for our sins, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb who was slain to take away the sins of the world. Jesus, the Bible says in verse five, he could not do, I thought God could do anything. Isn't that what we come together and talk about in church and what we get excited about and why we sing worship songs and why, why we, we get so pumped about the fact that our God is great and nothing is beyond him? He could not do anything there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. And this is why. He was amazed at their lack of faith. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Today, I wanna to talk to you about the power of perception. How do you perceive Jesus? How do you perceive the Son of God? Because it's not that our God can't do things, it's that sometimes our faith stands in the way and our perception stands in the way of what he wants to do. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I believe you wanna to speak to us right now. And what we need, God, is to hear from you. So I pray that your Holy Spirit would come into this room and that you would teach us, you would open our hearts to hear you, that you would open our eyes to see you and our ears to hear you so that, God, we can be changed. If we have wrong perceptions, God, we ask you today, correct those perceptions in us. Don't allow us to miss out on what you want because we're not seeing things right. So help us today, Lord, and then I pray for myself personally. God, as my, I'm struggling with my voice right now. So God, I pray that you would be with me, um, uh, touch my voice, and I pray that nothing would be a distraction from your word, but your word would go forward clear, clear right now. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody said, amen. amen. I wonder how many of you uh, first off, I wanna know how many of you are sitting with your parents or near your parents right now? Anyone? Okay, great. Um, maybe your parents are watching online, maybe they live in another state or whatever. Now I wanna ask this question. How many of you can remember the time when you realized you were smarter than your parents? Anyone? <laughs> you just said you were sitting next to them. I mean, like for crying out loud, like. For me, I remember it. Maybe I should say it this way. How many of you remember when you were 14? Like, you, do you remember, like, I knew, when I knew everything, like, it, it's crazy how as I get older, like, I, I wish I knew as much as 14-year-old Dan knew, right? Because he knew a lot, right? <clears throat> Pardon me, but I, I can remember at 14 years old how I knew so much more than my father. And, and, and the funny thing about it, it was my perception of my father, oh, it's just dad. It's just dad, and he would... He would sit down with me and he would try to talk to me and he'd give me advice on life and he'd give me advice on school and he'd give me advice on education and he'd give me advice on girls and he'd give me advice on all sorts of different things. And, and I can remember going, ah, 
what do you know? You're old, you're just dad, right? Just dad. And, and I can remember he'd get frustrated with me because he would, he, he would take the time and he'd sit down and he'd so, he'd so patiently speak to me. And now, gosh, I have teenagers now and, and I, can, I can understand what he must have been feeling like. I've been where you've gone. I, 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 I've been where you are right now. I've learned these lessons. I've touched the stove and it was hot. I've gone through these different things and I try to tell them things and like sometimes they listen, sometimes they just do their own thing. I'm like, didn't I say that that's a dumb idea? Don't do that. And you're like, ah, you're just, dad. What do you know? You don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like. There's no possible way we can know what it's like. Never been there. Never been 14, right? I think it was until a couple years later, I was like 17 or 18 years old, when I started to recognize that my father's calendar, his schedule throughout the business week was always full not just for a couple of weeks, but for months out. Because if you don't know this about my father, my father has a PhD in pastoral ministries and he has a master's in biblical guidance and counseling. So people would wait for months and months and months to be able to just have the opportunity to sit down with him for 30 minutes to try to get his advice on something that's going on in their lives, whether it be their marriage, business, uh, something going on spiritually in their life. They, would, they perceived him as he is someone who has wisdom and knowledge and we want some of that wisdom. And it wasn't available to them all of the time, but it was available to me right now and I perceived him and ah, he's just dad. He's <sighs> always trying to tell me how to do things. Like he wants me to be successful and stuff. You ever felt that way? It's, it's just dad. It's just mom. What does mom know? You know? It's like crying out loud. It's like she wears mom jeans. <laughs> Apparently they're coming back. That's what my daughter's told me. I don't know. But it's, just, it's just, just dad. It's just mom. And what's so interesting is it's the same man and two different people have a different experience with them. One who waits months to get an opportunity to gain some wisdom from them. One who has wisdom waiting for them at their fingertips. Two different people, same person. And we get different experience of it because one of us has a perception of them is this is a source that I could get some help from. And another has a perception, ah, it's just dad. It's just dad, what's your perception? Do you realize that perception is everything? That that two different people can go to the same job and one goes to the job complaining. Oh, can you believe it that we have to work these hours that man, they don't give us enough breaks here. And can you believe they, they, they take our paid time off all the time. You can never get a vacation when you want. And it's like, there's so many politics here. You're never gonna be able to rise up the ladder here. One goes to work complaining. The other goes to work whistling, going, man, it's going to be a great day. I'm so thankful for this job. I prayed for this job. I need this paycheck. This is such a blessing for me. They are pulling up in the same parking lot, parking in the same spaces, coming into the same building, and two people have two different experiences. Why? Because of perception. Mm, perception's everything. There are single people who look at singleness as a curse, 
Oh man, I don't have anyone to help me with this. I gotta be the dad and the mom. I get like, no one will take the trash out. No one will help me with the bills. No one will help me pay the rent. No one, and there's another person who's looking at singleness as a blessing going, oh man, I can do what I wanna do when I wanna do it. I don't have to cook if I don't feel like it. I don't have to clean nothing if I don't feel like it. He is not bugging me today because he, like, like one person looking at the same situation as this is a blessing, another looking as a curse. Why? All because of perception. Perception is so incredibly powerful and we have to understand that what the text, this text that we just read is teaching us is the danger of a flawed perception. It's dangerous to have a bad perception in life. Whether it's of the principles of God, whether it's of God, whether it's of your family, no matter what it is, if your perception is wrong, then you are wrong, and everything that you deal with in that area is going to turn out wrong. It's like, perception is powerful because what? We are hearing here that God, the, the creator of the universe, he could not do, he can't do any miracles there. Why? Because of their perception. The Bible says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, his hometown. This is shocking, right? Because Jesus went to his hometown and he goes to the synagogue to teach. And what's shocking is he's there with people that knew who he was. They knew the prophecy. They've seen him grow up. They knew all this stuff about him. These were the same people that they went to the temple in Jerusalem when Jesus was 12 years old and Jesus was left there in the temple and Jesus' parents couldn't find him because he was there and he was teaching the older men about scripture. And the older men were going, oh my gosh, Who is this child that he has such great wisdom and such great knowledge? And how does he have such a great understanding of the ways of God and the word of God? They were astounded by him. They knew that this was Jesus. And these same people, 18 years later, he comes home to the hometown and and, and they they look at him and he goes, who does he think he is? Like, where did he get this wisdom and this knowledge? Like, isn't that the carpenter? Like, you know his brother, right? Did his dad build your shed? <laughs> like, who does he think he is standing up here in front of all these people? It's like, like and they, they begin an offense. They got offended with the fact that, that Jesus was going other places and performing miracles, and he was going other places and healing people, and he was going other places and changing people's lives. And like, where did he get these things? And their thought was, well, he just is gonna be what he was born into. And if his dad is a carpenter, then certainly he's gonna be a carpenter. And see, people will try to get you stuck in the place of where they met you. Have you ever met someone who's limited you to functioning in the realm of where they first met you? Oh, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating. I, I want the ability to change. I want to be able to grow. I don't, I don't want to be the same person I was. For crying out loud, you met me when I was eight years old. You think I'm the same person I was when I was eight years old? 14 year, a 14-year-old with the size of my head shaved, like 14-inch long, green hair. Like, like you met me there. I was a skateboarder. I was a punk. You, you got me limited to that place. It's like, some of you are like, who are you talking about? No, that was really me. But, um... <laughs> 
People will limit you to the place of, of where they first met you. And this is why you cannot get your identity from your associates. You can't get your identity from other people because they will always try to keep you in the same place where they met you. Your background, where you came from, what city you were born in, what, parent, what job your parents had, what job you have now. And they think if your dad was a bus driver, then you're going to be a bus driver. If your dad was a drunk, then you're going to be a drunk. And people will try to limit you to the realm and where they met you. And this is something that has bothered me so much in life, but I, it started to turn around and I started to just have fun with it. And I laugh now because people will try to limit me to where they met me. And you wouldn't believe how many times people have laughed in my face when I've told him I'm a pastor. It's like, I don't know what a pastor's supposed to look like. I'm not gonna wear one of those white collars and stuff like that. It's just like, that ain't me. If you need that type of formality, go somewhere else. Because like, you're gonna get what you get with me. I'm just a normal person trying to follow Jesus and love Jesus. And some people remember me from my partying days back in school. And they, I'll run into people that I haven't seen for like 30 years. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, Dan, is that you? It's crazy, you remember those times back then? And you remember all that stuff we got and some of the stuff. I try to forget, you know, like I'm thinking my kids are here. Could you shut your mouth for a minute, man? <laughs> you, you remember when, you remember when, like, what are you up to now? I'm like, man, I'm a pastor. And like, what? <laughs> yeah, right. That's funny. You're a pastor. I was like, okay. No, what do you really do? Like, dude, I'm a pastor. And their perception of me is like, wait, when I first met you, you were at a certain place in your life. So that must be where they were. So, so here we've got people who are so offended by the fact that Jesus is healing people. Jesus is doing miracles. Jesus is changing lives. Right, He's teaching people how to, to meet the Heavenly Father through a personal relationship with him. He, he's doing wonderful things for life. And, and, and everywhere he's going, he's offending people. Now, I don't get it, like, because I can see there were certain things that Jesus did that are kind of offensive. I, I can see getting offended. Like, If you didn't understand, like when Jesus was teaching and he was talking about the fact that like you shouldn't be arguing uh, uh, about who's to follow me. You can't come to me unless the father follows me. It's like, but really, if you're gonna follow me, you've gotta eat my flesh and drink my blood. And people didn't understand that he was talking about communion. He was talking about taking, partaking in the fact that he was going to die for us. And we were, he's doing that for us so that we can partake in that. So there are people going, did he just say cannibalism? Like, I ain't eating him. Like, I, that, this is getting weird for me. I could see people getting offended over that. But how are you going to get offended if, if, if all he's doing is helping people? Wait, wait. I could heal you. Well, that's offensive to me. I, I, I've got a teaching that can heal and fix your marriage. <laughs> Who does he think he is? No, I've got a way where you can do life where you can be fulfilled and grow closer with your heavenly father and you can have a relationship with me. I'm like, man, isn't that just the carpenter's son? Psh, this guy, who's he think he is? You wanna know why they're offended? You know why they're offended when you change, and you want to know why people were offended when Jesus came in. It was his hometown. Why they were offended? Because they thought they knew him. And people, when they think they know you and they put you in a box, they're like, man, 
You're never gonna be anything other than where I first met you. And when I first met you, you were cutting wood for your father as a carpenter and that's all you're ever gonna be in my life. And we think, man, when I, when I met him, he was doing drugs and that's all he's ever gonna be in life. When I met her, she was struggling in her finances and she couldn't find the right job, so she bounced from job to job. That's all she's ever gonna be in life. And we, we, we tend to hold people there. It's like, where were you and we try to keep people trapped in that place. So they said, where did this man get these things? This is talking about knowledge. How did he get this knowledge? See, knowledge can be learned. You've got to be, you have got to learn for where you're going. Because Jesus was making changes. See, he did not let their understanding of where he was bound him. They knew him as the carpenter's son, but Jesus refused to be bound to that. So he's like, listen, I don't care if you know me as the carpenter's son, I am more than that. So I'm gonna move forward. And it's the, so he gained knowledge. And I wonder, are you gaining knowledge for where you're going or for where you've been? Because you might be praying for things and I wonder, are you learning ahead in order to be able to gain the things that you're praying for? You might be praying, God, give me a wife. Are you educating yourself on what are you going to do if you actually get one? <laughs> Dear Lord, read a book before you pray that prayer. <laughs> it's like, you're praying, God, give me that management position. Give me that management. Do you know how to manage people? Have you ever listened to a leadership podcast? Have you ever, like, do you think God is mean enough to give you something that you're gonna just destroy and lose? It's like, God loves you enough to, to, to wait for you to be able to be prepared to be able to handle what he wants to give you. He wants you to have sustainability. When the Bible talks about bearing fruit, bearing means to hold. He wants to give you fruit. He wants to give you blessing, but it's no good if it's just gonna fall off your tree. You have to be able to hold on to it. So, are you learning forward? Are you learning ahead? I don't have the job, but I'm studying on management right now. I don't have the wife, but I'm learning about relational needs and meeting one another's love language and caring for one another. We don't have kids yet, but I'm learning about how to take care of kids. I'm, are you learning ahead? That's knowledge. And so they ask, and that can be learned. So where did this man get these, these things, this knowledge? And then where did he get this wisdom? Wisdom is different than knowledge. Wisdom is given to you by God. Knowledge is, knowledge is something you can just go out and acquire, right? But wisdom is given by God. See, wisdom shows you how to use the knowledge that you already have. Let me say it this way. Knowledge would teach you how to load a gun. Wisdom would teach you when to use the gun. Okay? That's the way it is in everything in life is, is do you know how to handle what you've been given? That's wisdom. Knowledge can teach you how to sign a marriage license. Wisdom can teach you how to handle the marriage that you have. And that comes from the Heavenly Father. You ask him. And a good question on this is, like, are you handling the things that God has given you well? Let me ask you this, and this is like, it's kind of early on a Sunday morning to ask such a specific and harsh question, but... Do you, do you think that there's someone that could take what you have and do better with it? Who could handle it better? Could someone take your business and bring it farther than where you're bringing it right now? Maybe you need his wisdom. Could someone do more with your marriage than you're doing right now? 
Could someone do more with that husband that you have than, than you are right now? We need that wisdom. So they said, they, they were offended because, like, listen, where did he get these things? Where, where'd this wisdom come from? Like, I don't get it. And see, if we ask ourselves these questions, we've got to recognize that God wants us to be successful in life. See, I spend time with so many people, so many t- people in my stage of life that are just busy, 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 busy. We have got two cell phones, working 16 hours a day. Once we're done with the workday, we're taking kids from here to there. We're running errands, we're doing this, we're doing that. We're spending our weekends trying to catch up on things. Busy, 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 busy. But the problem is, is that God never asked us to be busy. He asked us to be productive. So I wonder, are are you working hard or are you working smart? Are you working to be busy because that's what the world thinks is good or are you working smart and wise to be productive because we should be productive. God wants us to be productive. That's why God, Jesus cursed the fig tree when it didn't produce fruit. It's because he's like, if you're gonna take up the ground and you're gonna take up the soil and the nutrients, you should be productive. You should produce fruit in your life. So I wonder, are you wise enough to handle things the right way? Are you getting results because you should get results. You should. Child of God, you should get results. You should be an overcomer. You should be blessed. Your marriage should go good. Your kids should be blessed. You should be healthy. You should have good income. You should be happy. You you should have health in every area of your life. And you've got to get that idea and that attitude and that perspective. I'm a child of God. I own it. I have the perspective of I deserve it because he loves me. I deserve to have more. You gotta have that perspective because, oh man, there's a different perspective. Oh, I guess, well, just whatever happens, happens. Jesus will just do what Jesus is gonna do. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna sit here and play my video game. (laughs) Or maybe there's a production that should be taking place in your life. I should be blessed. Jesus is like, listen, I came here to bless you. I came into my hometown and I, and I wanna hook you up. I wanna bring blessings to you. It's gonna be awesome. And it, it, when you rise above where people think that you ought to be, they have problems adjusting with it. So Jesus has risen to a level where people that knew him when had a problem with where he's at now. And it's like, what are these remarkable miracles that he's performing? So Jesus did the work. He got the results. He was a miracle worker. His potential was limitless everywhere but there. Serving a limitless God and not getting the outcome. Why? Because he had come into his own country. People were offended because they knew him when. In their hometown, they saw his wisdom and his knowledge and his works, and instead of celebrating it, uh, they, they, because of their perception, they were offended. How, how are you gonna get offended? When you, when you see Jesus healing the sick and raising the dead and, and performing miracles, how are you gonna get offended by that? And, and I think it's this, it's, it's all in their perception. 
is how they knew Jesus, right? Isn't that Jesus? Yeah, that's just Jesus. That's just Jesus. Well, he's saying some really cool things. Yeah, but that's just Jesus. I mean, remember we used to play kickball with him when he was a kid. Like, that's just Jesus. Same Jesus that built your shed. Same Jesus that put the roof on your aunt's house. That's just Jesus. I mean, ain't nobody going to Jesus for healing. So what? He grew up, he grew a beard. All right, it's just Jesus. That's Mary's son, right? It's just, we know Mary. You spent time with Mary. We've been over to her house. She, she, she's cooked dinner for us before. It's like, that's yeah, just Jesus. I mean, ain't nobody going to a Jesus church. It's like, it's just Jesus. It's just one of those things you do on the weekend. You just go to church, right? And they talk about, they sing songs, talk about Jesus. It's just Jesus. Like, ain't nobody like spending time actually getting into the word and reading. The, it's just a book of stories about Jesus. It's like, it's just Jesus. I want changes in my life, God. But it's just Jesus. Oh, I want my marriage fixed, God. I got a way. I, I, I can fix it. I, I want to be close to you. I got a way. Oh, but that's just Jesus. I heard about Jesus. So, I mean, like, they had the flannel graph thing when I was in church. And it's like they put him, he's that white guy with blonde hair. It's like he's Middle Eastern, but he's like he's really Patrick Swayze just sitting there on the, <laughs> it's just Jesus, you know, until of course they lost Patrick Swayze. Then it was the next guy they put him up there. And like, this is Jesus today, kids. But, um, <laughs> it's just Jesus. Going into one city, and everywhere he went, people came back to life. Marriages were healed. Sickness is gone, cancer gone, epilepsy gone, demons cast out. Thousands of people fed from, from just a couple loaves of bread and a, and a couple fish. I mean, miracle after miracle after miracle, walking on water, everywhere he goes. But then there's people that are just, ah, it's just Jesus. And he was astounded at their lack of faith. Here's what's so astounding about it. He was at home, in his hometown, among the people that should have known him the best. You know what's shocking and astounding about this is that it's not okay to be unknown by the people you should be closest to. And here we are in the nation of Israel and, and, and we have the church, we have the people of God and they are the ones that, that, that know him the least and they're offended by who he is because they have assumptions like I think he should come as a national leader, a political ruler, something like that. So they're offended by him and the very people, the followers of God that are the closest to him are offended by him and missing him and not getting the results that they wanna see in their life because of their perception. Yet, there are two times that God speaks about people who have amazing faith, faith that astounds Jesus. That's a good thing, right? If you have faith that astounds Jesus, do you realize that both of the times that Jesus talked about this type of faith was outside of the church, outside of the people of God, outside of the nation of Israel? How is that working? 
How is it you can come to church and there are people in here who say, ah, it's just Jesus. I heard about Jesus before. Yeah, we've, I've heard that salvation plan before. And Jesus walks out into the world and says, I've never seen such great faith as this. There's a Roman centurion. And this Roman centurion, we find out he has a, uh, a servant who is paralyzed. And the Bible says in Matthew 8, 5, it says, when Jesus entered Capernaum, the centurion came to him and asked him for, for help. Lord, he said, my servant is at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority whose soldiers under me. I tell them one, I tell this one, go, and he goes, and I tell that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. The people closest to me, the people that I should be the closest with, they've got a perception of me where they're trying to keep me locked in a little box. But here, someone on the outside looks at me and sees that I am the son of God and sees that I am the way, the truth, and the life, that I am the healer, that I'm the deliverer, that no one comes to the Father except through me. Who gets the miracle? The one who perceives Jesus for who he is. There's another woman we find, a Canaanite woman in Matthew 15 whose daughter is demon-possessed. She's a Canaanite. She is not a, a believer, not a follower, not part of the nation of Israel. And she comes to Jesus because she believes, okay, she knows Jesus is a miracle worker. She knows Jesus can do things. She can change things. I've heard the stories. So everyone else is perceiving them, man. It's just Jesus. And she's going, this is the way. So she comes to him and said, would you heal my daughter? Would you cast this demon away? Verse 26 says, he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. It's a very offensive statement. But he's saying like, this is for my kids. This is for the church. This is for my family. This is for those who are close to me. I'm not gonna just throw my miracles out to anyone. But then he says, yes, it is, Lord. She said, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She just proclaimed that he is her master. So now, now a conversion's happened. Now she's saying, I trust you. I've got faith in you. I know who you are. And I don't know how they perceive you, but I know how I perceive you. And you are the son of God. And, and Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. You have great faith. Your request is granted and her daughter was healed that moment. She called him master. Now she's following Jesus and she received the blessing. She received the blessing. And he even called her a dog and she wasn't offended. But man, people who think they know Jesus, he's just Jesus. Get offended about everything. They get offended about it because people who, because who, this is why, people who are exposed to opportunities who do not take advantage of those opportunities get offended about everything. It's just Jesus. I'm coming to the church. You believe that? They're sitting in my seat. I sit over there every week. What are you thinking? What are you doing sitting in my seat? That's my seat. I'm gonna show them. All right. Can you believe that they cut me off in traffic? Did you see the bumper sticker they had on their car? Did you see what she wore in the church today? Bless God, oh Jesus. <laughs> Offended about everything. 
Why? Because you're given an opportunity. What did Jesus do? He gave them the greatest gift possible that he could give any one of us, and that is simply an opportunity, an opportunity to be changed, an opportunity to be blessed, an opportunity to be healed, an opportunity to be made right with God, and they missed out on it all because of their perception. It's like so many of us, we get offended because like, like our perception is just wrong. It's like you have a falling out with a friend and you get all mad. Can you believe what they said and this and that? And you lose friendships just to find out that years later you reconcile and they never meant it the way that you thought that they meant it in the first place. And you lost years over the fact that you were selfish enough and, and, and given self-pity enough to where you're just looking at yourself going, can you believe what they did to me? Focused in the wrong area. Man, our perception gets so messed up and when it gets messed up, there's so much that, that gets affected here because perception, church, is everything. It's everything. How do you perceive Jesus? Let, let, let me back this up before we close right now to, to just prove how powerful perception is. Do you realize in the Garden of Eden, before the fall of man, when Satan came and tempted Adam and Eve, he did not use magic, he did not use a spell, he did not use demons, he did not use any sort of trap. Do you know what he did is he messed with her perception. So, oh, God said that you shouldn't eat of that tree. Oh, he's saying that because he doesn't want you to uh, be like him and be smart like him. Like, yeah, surely you could eat of that tree. He, God, God just is jealous, don't want you to... to to have the same stuff that he has. So it's like, and what is he doing? Now the God that loves them and provides for them, they're having their perception fooled with to the point to where now all of a sudden they're thinking, maybe God isn't that good. Maybe God is holding out on me. Maybe God can do good things, but he's not doing good things for me. And it's like now their perception is fooled with, he didn't do anything but screw with their perception and screwing with their perception. They made a decision where they turned against God, they sinned and they fell. And you and I are in the predicament we're in because of that fooled perception. But then the flip side of that, the contrast to that, do you wanna know what Jesus does to his followers, what Jesus does to his believers when, when it comes the time for you and I to be changed and we come to him with a different perception is God will heal you and God will change you and he will grow you, but you know where he does it? He does it in your perception. Because man, a lot of us, we pray, God, change my circumstances. And God is saying, no, how about you pray that I change your perception of your circumstances? <laughs> God, change my job. How about I change your perception of your job? Two people going into the same building. One is having a good day, one's having a bad day. What's the problem? Perception. And we see it because there was a woman who was crippled. For 18 years, she was she, she had an infirmity that left her crippled and, and Jesus in healing her, he said this to her in Luke 13, 12. He says, when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free. Bible just said she's crippled. Woman, you are set free from your infirmities. Notice Jesus didn't say, I'm going to heal you. Uh, I'm gonna fix things. I'm gonna fix your legs. I'm gonna fix your back. I'm gonna do that. 
He didn't say you're going to be set free. He said you are right now. Since you believe in me, it's already in you. I've given you healing. I've given you deliverance. I've given you freedom. You are. What's wrong is your perception. It's like you already have a healed marriage. You already have wisdom. You already have the ability to move forward and follow your dreams. You already have the ability to gain that knowledge and get that business. You already have it. What's wrong is your perception. So you say, God, I wanna trust in you and I wanna love you. So what does he do? He starts speaking to you about your perception. He starts speaking to you about your identity. He says, I created you for me. It's already in you. You just gotta take the steps forward. You just gotta move, child. You just gotta get up and you just gotta go. Because if you see me for who I am, I can make you into who I turn you into be. So I wanna ask you if you would to stand to your feet with me because I think I know what a lot of the, our problems are in life is the fact that we have such a skewed perception. Just like I looked at my father and just dad. Is he just Jesus to you? I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hands or anything like this because this is a question that not only can this change your life, this can change your eternity. This has gotta be something that you wrestle out with God and you come to the truth with yourself of wondering, am I viewing him as he's just someone that I, I kind of look at on Sunday and hear stories about, he's just Jesus, or is he your savior? Is he your healer? Is he your deliverer? Is he the only answer? Is he not just one of many opinions, not just one of many different ways to do life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I wanna ask you, maybe you've never, you've only perceived Jesus as he was, he's a teacher, I've read about him, stuff like that. Maybe you've never perceived him as he is your savior. He died on the cross for your sins so you could, he, and he rose again so you could live a life forever in heaven. I wanna pray right now and ask every person to pray with me just to ask God, God, we're changing our perception. We believe in you, we trust in you. We want you to be our savior. So pray this prayer with me. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and savior, pray it with me right now. Dear heavenly father, I know that I'm a sinner and I have forgiveness. And I believe that Jesus came and died for my sins and rose again so that I could have a home forever in heaven with you. Please be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now I want to pray for every one of us in this room. I want to pray for every one of us in this room that you are in the family. You're in the inner circle. You're close to Jesus, but you're missing out on what's at your fingertips because of your perception of him. The world has came in and polluted the waters of your life. And where God is at, waiting here, just holding out the blessings, holding out the wisdom, holding out the miracles, is it that you haven't received the miracle because of your lack of faith? I'm not getting on to anyone like, you gotta have more faith, God. No, you can't have it unless you're being drawn by God to have it. But if we perceive that he is the only answer, he can change your life. 
You've been praying, God, help my kids. You've been praying, God, help my marriage. You've been praying, God, help. But, but do you believe he'll actually do it? Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person here. I pray that you would touch my brothers and sisters. And God, I pray that you would heal our perception of you. And God, we know that you are not um, powerless, that you, that you, God, held all might, all glory, all power to be able to do what you set out to do and that you, you never set anything in action that you don't follow through on, that your word never goes forward without changing our lives and doing what it is set out to accomplish. So God, I pray that you would help us, that you would change our perception of you, that our trust would be in you, that we would please you because of our faith in you. So God, help each and every person here as we live our lives to follow you, God. We pray and we would receive everything that you want for us in our lives. Change our perception, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Love you, church. I thank God that he's not just Jesus, but he's our savior. Let's give him a shout of praise before we go today. You guys have a wonderful week. We love you. Thank you for joining with us online. If you want more information, please text the word fellowship to 94,000 and we would love to get in contact with you. Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94,000 to connect with one of our staff. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.